to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello all and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. If you've yet to check out premium membership, please do as there's a mass of tools and benefits to help your business stand out and help you stay at the top of your game. As part of membership, you get a coaching session with me, entry to a private discussion group, access to our library of over 80 how-to videos, deals and discounts, and much, much more, all for just $99. Head to the join page to find out more. Now then, my guest today is someone who will be familiar to anyone who hangs out in the Flying Solo forums, as John Romain is often in there sharing his advice and knowledge of all things online. John runs SEO Point, a search engine optimization training and consulting business now in its 15th year, and that's old for an SEO business. However, John himself is delightfully young, well, he's certainly younger than me anyway, and he joins us from his base on the New South Wales Central Coast. Hello, John. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you going, Rob? That really was a fancy intro. <laughs> Do you think? Do you I, think? Mean, I think I might sign up for the uh, the membership you were promoting. <laughs> that sounds all right. Oh, that would be great. About time he did. <laughs> look, hey, look, thank you so much for joining us. And look, our topic today, it's a, it's a big one, and I do acknowledge that um, we there's no way we're going to cover everything in the in the time that we've got but um, I want to have a chat with you about how to set up an online store or maybe maybe not precisely how to but more what are the kind of things that we need to know for those people that are planning to do it um, and so maybe to get us started could you just give, let the listeners know kind of your view, your perception of what's the state of the market. You know, are people doing it well? Are they making a mess of it? What do you see? Um, that's a really interesting question, Rob. I see, you know, I've in, within my business, I work with a lot of, look, I've worked with hundreds of different, hundreds of businesses across various markets. Um, and it's interesting I see stay-at-home mums sometimes doing a better job than large companies. Hmm, that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, at, at, you know, at the other end, I might see the opposite. I might see, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people getting it completely wrong who are just trying to wing it themselves or mm. soloists um, and large companies doing it well. It's it's It's, it's a complete always, mix. Yeah, it's, it's always a mixed bag. I don't know what I'm going to get. When working with um, either individuals or or large companies, um, I think a lot of the stay-at-home mums that are doing it well are doing it well because they're very passionate yes. um, about the subject matter. And I talk, I spoke about that in the thread that I posted in the forum. Mm. Um, they're very passionate and they're heavily involved. They're very hands-on. They want to be close to their customers, whereas a lot of big organizations might be working with you know half a dozen different marketing agencies and they lose that you know there becomes a disconnect in what they're doing so mm. in answer to your question it really varies between you know it, it varies between well campaigns that i look at um but i think for the most part and i hate to say this but probably 90 percent 
um, of people that get involved in online stores, whether they are individuals or they are big companies, most people are screwing it up. They're getting it wrong. Mm. Wow. Well, look, that, that's just to pick on one point you mentioned there, and so important, this whole, this whole, you know, as you said, with the, the stay-at-home mums, the people that are, um, mm. you know, it could be stay-at-home dads or small business, you know, just solo individuals, as you said, as well. Yeah. You know, the point you picked on there is that they're really passionate about the product that they're selling and the market they're selling to. So, you know that that surely is 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 essential, and yet so often, you know, I've seen it in discussions in the forums, uh, ones that you've been involved in, and other ones, where people sound like they've really got no interest in either the product mm. or the people yeah. they're selling to. They just want to make some money. That's crazy, surely. Yeah, it's not a good idea. I mean, if you look, it can work both ways, and I spoke about this again in the thread that I posted. You know, it can work both ways. You can be passionate about the subject or you can just be, you know, enjoying the money that's rolling in. Let's face it. Mm. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, I know people that aren't that interested in the um, the products that they're selling, but they live an enormously lavish lifestyle. I mean, I sat with a multimillionaire one time. This is a few years ago, um, New Year's uh, Eve out on a 48-foot Riviera, and I said, what do you do? And he said, oh, I make plastic pipes. <laughs> and that's as far as the conversation went. Right. He didn't seem to be overly passionate about what he was involved in, although I'm sure that you know he'd probably been in business for a long time and he knew the business inside out and as part of that grew to perhaps love it. But mm. um, at the at the you know in saying that, you'll find – I mean, I've had a, I had a client, one, more, one lady that comes to mind, she um, struggled to find maternity clothing that um, she was comfortable wearing while she was pregnant. Right. Um, and when she had her experience and come out the other end, she decided, okay, I want to get into this space because I think I can do a better job. Hmm. Um, and she had a real level of interest and passion there. One thing I think that people forget, um, and this is always the case from what I see, um, people – they don't think it through. I, I spoke about this in my in my post. If anyone um, listening to this podcast hasn't read it, check it out. Yep. Um, we'll put a link to that in the notes. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, you got to live with this thing. You know, slapping up an online store and expecting to make money by next Wednesday, it's just not going to happen. And unless you're passionate or you have some level of interest about the subject matter, you're really going to struggle because, and especially online, because content is what drives the success a lot of, of a lot of these stores, if not all. You got to be promoting the, the hell out of this thing across, you know, not just through SEO, but social media and everywhere else, your email list. Um, and that message is conveyed through content. Now, if you're yeah. not if you're not interested in the subject matter, you're not going to bounce out of bed every morning and go, yes, I can't wait to. You know, get up and post a five-minute video about, you know, washer taps, uh, sure. tap tap washers. You know, it's just not going to work. Yeah, look, just I uh, just pick you up on one point. So, and, and I agree with everything you're saying. And I guess you know, going back to the the multimillionaire on it on his nice big long pointy yacht. Um, I guess what we might say about him is that he he might not have a great passion about those pipes. But you can bet your life that he knew exactly who he was selling to. And he sounds like someone who may be very passionate about building a really big 
you know, financially successful mm. business. So I remember years ago, was a, a, a lovely comment I heard from somebody on a, I think it was on a TED talk about, you know, sometimes we drive ourselves crazy trying to find, because we keep getting told we've got to find the passion um, in our work. And, so, and in this case, sometimes in our product. And whereas what this guy said is, it's more about taking your passion with you as opposed to trying to find it everywhere. Uh, sorry, I, 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 I don't want to take us down a complete rabbit hole here, but just for those people listening who maybe have got a, uh, you know, they know they're passionate about building an online store, they're willing to understand the market, but their passion might not be in the little bits and bobs that they're selling. But maybe where the passion comes alive is in their ability to, you know, create something that works, create something successful. So I guess what, what I'm saying is, and I, and I hope you'll agree, is that we've got to find the passion somewhere, whether it's in the product or in the process or in the, in the case of the maternity situation you talked about there. Maybe just she's passionate. She wants to give pregnant women the, the best possible products. Yeah, I remember. Having, yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I remember having a discussion with a good friend of mine years ago at um, an internet marketing get together, mm. and he said, "You know, everyone keeps telling me to, you know, do what I love, do what I love. I can make mm. money doing what I love." He said, "I'd, I'd love to just lay in bed all day and eat donuts. <laughs> I'm not going to make money doing that." Mm. Um, but I still think, and let's uh, perhaps passion. I mean, if you're passionate about a subject matter, that's excellent. Yeah. Um, but at the very least, have at least some interest in the subject matter. Yeah. I didn't get to spend a lot of time with old mate on his, on his, you know, Riviera. Yeah. Um, you know, sitting there in his $600 shoes with his $5,000 watch. Mm. I didn't get to spend too much time with him, but chances are he might've been a plumber for yeah. all I know. He could sure. have been out there, you know, digging in the trenches up to his knees and God knows what mm. thinking, you know, instead of laying this pipe, I'm going to start manufacturing this stuff. Yeah. Yep. So it can make more money. Yep. Um, I think you've got to have an interest, and you've got to. Um, I think it's un I think it's un important that you have some sort of connect. There's got to be yes. some sort yes. of connection there, whether you understand the market or you have a, an interest. And if you're really passionate about the subject matter, well, then that's a bonus. But you have to you have to be mindful. And this is something that I talk about with all of my clients. You've got to be thinking long term, and I just don't think many people are doing that when they start these online stores. Mm. It's really, it's really easy, and it's just like joining the gym. You know, New Year's resolution, January first. You walk into the gym, you're all pumped up. You throw your money across the counter, you join up, you go for the first week, and then the interest sort of goes, mm. and before you know it, you're not going. Yeah. Okay. So what you're what you're saying there that with the gym thing is that. Is that um, you know that we mustn't do that with a store, and 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 we've all you know we've both seen lots of people. You see a store that's mm. clearly just been left to slowly die. You yeah. Know? So it, yes, yeah. I agree. It's, this is and, this is a long game if you're going to do it well. That's right. And mm. thinking long term, it's soon you know the novelty is going to wear off, unless of course you're making a lot of money and you have that level of passion and interest about the subject matter. But you've got to be thinking long term. You know, I always say to a person, you've got to be thinking five, seven, ten years. You're going to be mm. looking at this thing. You've got to create content around the subject matter. If you're not, if there's no level of interest, just don't do it to yourself because it's going to be painful. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into this in a minute, but it's yeah. hard work. Hmm. It is. It's a lot of hard work. Let's look at the. Um, you know, you mentioned content, and clearly, you know, I, I know that a large part of what you spend 
your day is doing are helping people use content to be found. Um, I totally get that. So should we pull that apart a little bit more, you know, to someone who's who's maybe listening to this thinking, well, what I want to sell are bicycle accessories, you know, or something. Do they do we should they from the outset be thinking content? um, Content comes later, Rob. Content comes later. You know, a person's got to look themselves in the mirror and be really honest with themselves and say, okay, what do I want to do? What's my why? Hmm. Why am I getting involved in this? Um, you know, con- content marketing comes f- uh, a lot further down the track. Um, you know, I, again, I see a lot of people just jumping into the into you know setting up an online store. I'm going to sell this thing on. You know, I'm going to use Shopify. I'm going to use hmm. Magento. I'm going to I'm going to throw this thing up, and I'm going to be making money by next Wednesday. And I really don't think it through. Hmm. Content marketing is definitely part of it. Right. Um, but that's that's probably a discussion that um, comes much much later, and you know, and content is hard. Content is hard. You know, it content's not for everyone, mm. and especially I was with my clients. I talk about certain types of content. You know, what medium are you going to use to communicate your um, your message? Yeah. Are you good at are you good at writing? If you're not good at writing, are you comfortable doing um, video? If you're not good at video, then what about a podcast? Sure. Or all of these things combined. I mean, you know, each person is different. I have people that, oh, I'd never do a video. I don't want to put myself on camera. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't do a podcast. I'm not, I'm not well-spoken. Yeah. But I, but I enjoy writing. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so, look, as you say then, um, content is something a little down the track. So, Let's get back to the beginning then. Let's say I've got an idea. I want to start flogging something. If it's not content yet, what is it? Where should I be starting? What should I be looking at? I think um, I think a common problem, and this is something that I see a lot of, are people are sitting around trying to come up with an idea. Hmm. I want to sell something online. I want to make money. What the hell do I sell? Um, I think... For whatever reason, common sense when it comes to selling stuff online, it just goes out the window. Mm. And I can never understand why. Because when I break it down, and especially when I talk to people, whether it's a client or it's a friend or whoever, I break it down back to common sense and I say, you know what? You're right. Why am I overthinking this? And that's another mistake that people make. They get lost in all of the technology and everything else. I I need to come up with a new idea. And again, in my thread... I talk about just selling what's already sell. Sell what's already selling. Don't try and be clever. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Go into a marketplace that's absolutely massive and you know it's not going to go away. Again, and you we've seen this, Rob, in the forum, people trying to sell, you know, blue widgets for, for left-handed kitten jugglers. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's just madness. Um, okay, so, going, so going go, where, go where people go where there's already a proven market, and and is that is the purpose of that, John? Is the reason that you're saying that so that they can just get some kind of runs on the board and learn how things work? I'll share something with you. Every now and then, you'll see someone that's absolutely clueless. They don't know what they're doing, and they're making fifty thousand dollars a month. And everyone will be standing around scratching their heads saying, how on earth did Jane do this? She doesn't even, she, she can't even publish a blog post. What the hell is going on? 
And I'll tell you why. You can go, you can do everything wrong in the right market and be successful. Or <laughs> you can do everything right in the wrong market and struggle. Mm. It doesn't matter how well you you position yourself or the SEO or AdWords or videos or content marketing or any of this stuff if you're selling a shit product that nobody wants. On the other hand, if you go into a space that's absolutely enormous, and this is what I talk about, go into a space that's so big that even if you get 2% of that market, you can still be successful. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. But then, I mean, if I'm listening, well, I am listening to this, but you know, I'm thinking, well, okay, so I'm going to go into a really crowded market, but then surely the first, you know, the first question that comes to my mind is, well, how the hell am I going to get noticed then if there's so many people doing it? Yeah, look, there's something else I want to say here. Um, every now and then you'll, you'll, I, I hear this. Um, I'm going to start an online, so I'm going to sell these things. Okay, is anyone else selling them? No. Well, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Mm. It can be a good thing if you've come up with some incredibly fantastic new idea that no one's thought of, mm. and let's face it, that's pretty rare. Very rare. Um, or um, it's a it's a terrible, terrible idea because people have tried it and it doesn't work. Mm. And this is, again, why I say go into a market that's absolutely enormous, right? <clears throat> it's proven. You want to move into a space where you can look – at existing data and people that you know are doing well. Um, and, I mean, there are certain tools that you can use to measure that, which I won't get into on this call, but um, it, it just makes so much more sense to go into a space where it's absolutely massive, you know, and to give you some examples, like selling push bikes right. or selling camping gear or, you know, selling women's handbags. These are things that are going to be around for the next 500 years. Mm. They're not going to go away. And, you know, the search volume, if we were to break it down into SEO terms, the search volume is absolutely massive. Um, so, again, you only need a small percentage of, um, of the market in order to be successful. Now, in answer to your question, how can I break into the market if it's extremely competitive, there's no easy answer to that. You've got to work your ass off. Mm. You've got to be different. You've got to go one level up on all of your competitors. So if they're producing, you know, content that's a 7 out of 10, you've got to produce content that's 10 out of 10. Mm. You've got to connect with your customers. Every time someone orders something, call them or email them and contact them and say, how did you go? Did you have any problems? Okay, so what I'm hearing you're saying, John, is that um – you know, very much if we're in this kind of crowded market, we need to really start researching what other people are doing so that we can understand, you know, where we can be so different. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, look, I think um, I think I think there's a lot of um, it makes sense to reverse engineer competitors. And this is a strategy that I use quite heavily within my own business when working with clients that come to me that want help it can fast track the process because you can essentially look inside not inside but you can take a look at what your competitors are doing and get some idea of um of um, the type of content they're producing or where they're getting links and mm. uh the types of products they're selling and how they're upselling and the the layout and, of, and design of their sites all of these things combined can give you a sense of direction um, and you know in essence they're really clues 
Um, and when you've got that type of information, and you, they don't necessarily have to be direct competitors. You know, you don't have to be competing with the guy that lives down the street. You can look overseas sure. as well. If you're selling blue widgets, don't be afraid to take a look at what your competitors are doing in other countries, the United Kingdom, New Zealand, mm. Mm. Canada, United States. Take a look at, um, you know, you've got to look at the market as a whole. Even take a look on sites like eBay and Amazon, yeah. um, you know, feedback. Look at the, the, the reviews and ratings on other sites about certain products and look for pain points. You've really got to listen to um, what people are saying, like act, active discussions. You know, oh, I wish there was a product that did this and this and sure. this, or I wish this product came with this. And this. These are all clues. So. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's a great point, and it's interesting you mentioned eBay there. I remember um, not so long ago I was buying a new little accessory for one of my microphones, and I was looking on eBay, and you know every man and his dog seemed to be selling the same thing. So it very quickly, in, in my mind, you know, in the kind of views of a buyer, it wasn't so. It wasn't really about price because all the prices were kind of the same. But so I had all these people all selling the same product, all for roughly the same price. So then I thought, okay, so where am I going to put my business? Where am I going to spend my mm. money? And as you say, that comes down to looking at the reviews, reading, uh, you know, getting some indication of what their <clears throat> returns policy is, how quickly they're going to deliver it, and just getting a sense of, does this person sound like someone who actually cares about whether I get this product or not? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a good point you make is, is that we don't have to be in a totally new market to succeed no, in selling online. We no. just have to look at what other people are doing, look for the gaps, understand the market, and just do a bit better. So let's, let's, let's imagine that we've, kind of, we've, we've started going through this process. We're getting pretty clear on our product. Um, we've presumably done a fair bit of learning about you know, who we're going to sell it to. What other things do we need to really kind of have top of mind if we're going to stand a chance of building something fairly successful? Um, MVP is the answer to that. Minimal mm. viable product. Mm. Okay. And I spoke about this in my post as well. And there's something I just want to touch on before we get into this. Sure. Um, I'm just taking notes as I go along because my brain goes at 100 miles an hour. And if I, <laughs> I want to try and provide as much value on this call as I can, I don't want to miss anything. Um, but value adding, okay? Now, you might be thinking, your listeners might be thinking, okay, I'm not going to go. I, I don't feel very confident going into the space, given John's advice about, you know, there's a million and one people already selling in this space, mm. <clears throat> okay? They wouldn't be that many people if they weren't making money. Or there's, there's a huge amount of people that are absolutely clueless, which is okay. probably not likely. Sure. But let's say you go into a space and you say, okay, shit, there's five stores, massive stores here. They're selling these blue widgets. How can I beat them? How can I compete? The answer to that is value add, okay? So if they're all selling blue widgets, you think to yourself, right, how can I add value? How can I value add in this space? You sell blue widgets, and with each blue widget, you get a free blue widget bag to keep all your blue widgets in, okay, as a complimentary offer. So you're constantly value adding. That's how you can pretty much compete in any space, mm. okay? You just take a look at what your competitors are doing and say, how can I value add in this space? And that will instantly, because let's face it, if you've got five online stores, right, and people, it, a lot of it comes down to price shopping. So you want to be competitive in terms of price. Sure. You've got five different stores. I know that I do it. You probably do it too, Rob. You bounce around between all five stores. You go, okay, I know what I'm going to get. You know, it is what it is. 
it's fifty dollars here, it's forty dollars there, and it's eighty dollars here. I'm going to get the one that's forty dollars. But wait a minute, this one that's eighty dollars. It's got this little blue bag this mm. widget thing. Actually, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that. I think that that'd come in really handy. That's how you can compete, and you can actually, you know, if anything, not always, of course, but sometimes you can charge a bit more because you're value adding. Yeah, and look, I must <clears> say, as a as a as a as a buyer, you know, we all do so much online buying these days. Is it's uh, I think it's quite rare personally that I will buy the very cheapest thing I can find. And I remember um, interviewing a guy a few years ago now who did a, a massive um, sales research, the biggest sales research that's ever ever been done across thirty seven countries. Um, yep. And the thing that he found um, is that the when when people are about to spend their money it gets to a point where they're actually less concerned about exactly what the price is and more concerned about the confidence that they're going to get what they get want the product. get the yeah. product and yeah. be able, you know and have um, good follow up and good yes. customer service you know so it, it it's yeah it's it's an interesting thing and as you say once, yeah. once you start really looking into it looking at how you can add value that's a great thing and value yeah you know, the instance you said was was a, an extra little bit of product, but the value might be yeah. in the follow-up or in the delivery or in the absolutely, you know, all that absolutely. Stuff. So you don't need to necessarily add more product. Your the value add can be just you mm. getting in, getting in touch with the uh, customers, sending them a thank you card, calling them, saying thanks so much for buying. Is there anything that you else that you need? Like I mentioned just a moment ago, um, and just to touch on your point there about um, the confidence. Is this thing going to arrive in the mail? Mm. That comes down to trust indicators. Okay, so having a site that looks like it's, you, you know, you're going to be buying with confidence. It doesn't look like it was built by your brother-in-law's 15-year-old nephew for a, a carton of beer. Mm. You know, and you, there's still sites like that around and people will look, you know, that, that decision as to whether or not they're going to buy, um, that will be made very, very quickly, and a lot of that comes down to the way in which your website looks, yep. uh, um, and you know, and simplicity and user user experience and everything else. Um, so that you know, and trust indicators, you know, putting ensuring your site secure and all of those other things, you know, putting those fancy little icons in the footer that that say, hey, you know, we're a credible business. Putting a face to your business as well is another thing that I'm a big believer in. I do it within my own business. Mm. You know, anyone can call me or email. Um, I don't follow a scripted response. Add that human element that that emotion um you know if someone lands on a site and they're selling blue widgets and they've got 10 to choose from but they can see that kate over at you know springfield or whatever else is a real person she's got a you know photos of herself there with a product and whatever else and she's easy to contact you can call her directory uh directly she's gonna she's gonna make sales simply through um through that alone because people have confidence that there's a real person sitting at the other end and when you don't have that you that yeah, gets you're missing. That get, yeah, that yeah, can get okay. messy, and people will hesitate and go, "Ooh, am I going to get my product?" Yeah, look, good point. And look, John, there's clearly this is a, a topic I know we could uh, pull apart and talk about for ages, but I'm going to draw us to a bit of a close here because I think what I'm trying, what we've done, and what what you've done very successfully is just give people. An overview of, look, hey, these are the things you need to think about. And uh, I should tell uh, listeners that if you want to catch up with uh, John Romain, well, you'll surely find him in the Flying Solo forums. You'll also find him at his website, which is seopoint.com or .com today, you, John? 
seopoint.com.au. Okay, seopoint.com.au. And uh, John, thank you so much for um, sort of spending your time and, and uh, sharing your knowledge with the Flying Solo community. That's okay, Rob. I really could talk underwater for hours on end with a mouthful of marshmallows about this uh, about this topic and many others. We'll get you back. We'll get you back. Perhaps we could jump on and follow up because um, I've got uh, yeah plenty okay. more. All right, good. Well, let's you. see what um, discussions come out on the forums as well. I think you're going to have even even more conversations again involved in so look before i go don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business we get you at flying solo premium membership has all the tips and tools you need for just 99 dollars. head to the join page to learn more and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo and your host robert gerrish we'd love to receive feedback even a brief review for those listening via itunes if you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.